Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It is absolutely essential for us to know the Holy Spirit in order to fulfill the purpose for which we have been called in Christ Jesus. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. We're continuing our look at the doctrines of the church, those foundational understandings that are fundamental to our faith and some of the secondary doctrines that unfortunately often divide us. Pastor Layton begins today with an overview of where we've been and then gets into an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Now, we've gone through a number of these doctrines in weeks previous in this sermon series. If you'd like to catch up, they're available on our website at highlands.us. And when we were together last, which was a number of weeks ago, we covered the topics of human depravity or corruption and the necessity of God's grace and the necessity of faith. By grace, you have been saved. How do you get to the grace? Through faith. The necessity of God's grace, the necessity of faith, and human depravity or corruption, as these all revolve around the topic of salvation. And we now turn our attention to the doctrines of the Holy Spirit and the church. These two doctrines revolve around the continuation of Jesus' ministry as he commanded and commissioned to be performed by the church. Now, you may recall when we looked at the doctrine of the Trinity, we could summarize the teaching of Scripture in three statements. God is three persons. Each person is fully God. There is one God. God is three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Each person is fully God. There is one God. Theologians describe God as one in essence and three in person. Now, today our focus is on God, the Holy Spirit. And sometimes when I mention that, the first thing you might be drawn to is speaking in tongues or the gifts and things. And we want to get to those in the weeks to come. But this Sunday, we want to begin our focus on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. There are many misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. One is that he is an impersonal force like you see in Star Wars. Uh, Jesus and the apostles always refer to the Holy Spirit as he, never it. And furthermore, the scriptures uh, uh, describe him with uh, personhood in, 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 in attributes, such as his will and his knowledge and his affections and so forth. He is a person. Another point of confusion about the Holy Spirit is the difference between his activity in the Old Testament era and his work in the New Testament era. Now, the activity of the Holy Spirit goes, goes back. It goes way, way back. It goes back to the very beginning. When we begin reading the scriptures in Genesis chapter 1, we find these words, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. 
So the unformed world is described as dark, empty, and formless. Keep reading. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the earth. Now, some translations use the word uh, brooding. And uh, the, it's as though a hen broods over her eggs in order to protect them in order that life might be brought forth. God is not the God of confusion. He's the God of order. He brings order out of disorder. He brings light out of darkness. He brings life out of death. He brings something out of nothing. And the Holy Spirit has a number of names. One of those names is dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite. He is the power of God. He, and he's been actively involved in creation in mankind since the very beginning. Now, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit uh, frequently empowers selected people for very special service, such as in Numbers chapter 27, where Joshua was endowed with skills for his leadership. And then a, a number of the judges uh, are described as the Spirit of the Lord came upon them such as Othniel in Judge chapter 3, and Gideon in chapter 6, and Jephthah in chapter 11, and Samson in chapter 13. And in 1 Samuel, we find that the Holy Spirit came upon Saul. And then David, when he was anointed as king, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Now we also learn from the Old Testament From the examples of Samson and Saul, they were endowed by the Holy Spirit and empowered to do some what we might consider to be superhuman feats, but the scriptures tell us the Holy Spirit departed from them because of their continuing disobedience. And from this, we learn that our decision of obedience or disobedience influences the measure with which we experience the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit in our life. Now, after Jesus' resurrection and ascension, instead of empowering just a few selected leaders, the prophet Joel foretold that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh, Young and old, male and female, leaders and servants. And that's what took place on the day of Pentecost as described in Acts chapter 2. Now, we don't have time to get to Acts this week. We intend to, if the Lord tarries, next week. You know, the Holy Spirit is, for many, the most obscure member of the Trinity. Uh, Most people tend to be far more familiar with God the Father and God the Son, than they are with God the Holy Spirit. They're not quite sure of who he is and what he does. And as a result, many believers sometimes altogether ignore the Holy Spirit. Or they ascribe to him activity in which he has no part. It is absolutely essential for us to know the Holy Spirit in order to fulfill the purpose for which we have been called in Christ Jesus. You see, we have been called to go and make disciples. 
And this can never be accomplished without the presence of, and the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the manifest presence and power of the Holy Spirit that distinguishes a Christian church from a Christian social club. And there are a lot of buildings that have a name church on it that have gone from being a church to a Christian social club. And we don't ever want to allow that to happen to our church family here at Highlands. Amen? Amen. Now, the importance of the Holy Spirit is underscored by John the Baptist in Mark chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, as he was preaching, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so John the Baptist is here summarizing the message of Jesus Christ. And he could have said he's going to teach you about God. Or he's going to teach you how to live. Or he's going to save you from your sins. But what was the most important thing? He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Nearing the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus said to his followers, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power for what? Keep reading. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, to go and make disciples. And there are, unfortunately, far too many believers who are ineffective in their witness because they lack power for a number of reasons. The Holy Spirit has not come into their lives with the fullness of his power. What are some of these reasons? Well, it might be that the Holy Spirit's being quenched because of sin that the believer refuses to repent from. Or it might be that the believer is resisting the Holy Spirit because they're afraid. They might be afraid because they're afraid the Holy Spirit's going to ask them to do something that's outside of their comfort zone, something that is uncomfortable. Folks, we only grow if we're outside our comfort zone. If we're inside our comfort zone, we're not growing. And God almost invariably asks us to do something that's outside our comfort zone. Or it might be that they're afraid because they've seen some counterfeit stuff take place and they don't want any part of that. Or it may be that they're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps because they have their own agenda. You know, before I get to the Lord's list, I've got to take care of my list. I'm first. Or it may be that they have so filled their minds with doctrine that they really believe they don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. You know, I got most of the Bible memorized. I don't need the Holy Spirit. Yet without the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, our witness is powerless. And if we want to see the power of God manifest in our life, we have to learn to hear the still, small voice. 
We are surrounded by noise. We are surrounded by commotion. We are surrounded by distractions. And we have to intentionally listen for that still, small voice. That's why it's so important that we know what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit, about His leading, about the fruits, about the gifts, and so forth. And also so we can identify a counterfeit spirit. Because there are other spirits out there that would like to lead us astray. And it's important that we can identify the Holy Spirit and His leading. Amen to that. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse, a daily visit from Church of the Highlands, an outreach of the church in San Bruno. Uh, Listeners supported. You can contribute to this ministry when you go to the website at Study Verse by Verse. If you're blessed by what you hear and encouraged by the messages from Pastor Layton, we would appreciate knowing that. You can share your thoughts with us when you go to the website and also appreciate having you as a financial partner, someone who comes alongside and helps make this all possible. The web address is studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. More details about the church are at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I hope you can join us tomorrow as we continue this study into the doctrines of the church and open the Word of God and study verse by verse.